Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Uh, Dale, here we are again. We've done some incredible coaching conversations over the last little while. Um, I love the way that you... I mean, I love the energy that you bring to life. There's there's an intensity and an authenticity and a wholeheartedness to who you are. So it's always fun to serve you to bring out more of that and just look at the stuff that's in the way. So tell me a bit about what's what's going on, what's where you're stuck, what's happening at the moment. Yeah, mate. So I um, had a, well, in this little short relationship I've just been through again, second time, and sat down and thought about, right, there's, there's something wrong here because I'm definitely, yeah, there's got to be something that's stopping me in these relationships and what the problem is. And then just sat down and started doing some thinking and saw that there's like, obviously my dad, my mom and dad are divorced as well. So I thought, right, there's got to be some problems coming from there. And actually the whole families have, have divorced, are divorced. So just looked into that and thought, well, there's, there's got to be something there. And I found quite a bit of stuff that was coming from my dad, which I've never even thought of before. And this stuff is all new to me. And I think it's probably because I've been hiding it. Mm. And it's come up in, a, in relationships and it's possibly the, in finances as well. And it's just that there's like this selfishness part of me that I realized that I had that it was always of... I would always do things and want things and what's in it for me all the time? Like, what am I going to get out of the deal? And I could never just give it from just the fact of just giving it and saying, right, yeah, you can have this. It was always, okay, what am I going to get out of it? And if I don't get a deal out of it, then then I don't want to do it sort of thing, you know? And then I realized, well, that's how I saw it in the relationship side of things. And then I looked at it in my finances and it was like, yeah, you're always saving things and you always want to like savings good in that, but to a certain extent, it's good. Not when you have the money and you sabotage yourself because you don't want to do something because you want to save it because you think you're going to, it's going to run out, you know? Sure. And then I think, right, can, I, can I just, can I just, yeah. just before you go on, um, I'm going to turn the video off on, on this conversation, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard me talk about the fact that I actually prefer to coach over the phone rather than face-to-face, um, but the, the intention behind the just just voice is that it, it's much more likely for, for us both to be free to show up and be present if we're not trying to pay attention to the distraction of the visual um, yeah, that's why I don't want to look at. That's why I'm not looking at the screen. Great. Well, then let me just let's so just so to, to get um, so video stop video. Yeah, then we're just free to talk. So ah, that's better, much better. <laughs> it is, isn't it? So you can just take much a breath. Better. You can just take a breath and just go right. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of frustration and angst and 
you know, like whenever we get stuck, whenever there's stuff that shows up, it's not what we want. Like there's, there is, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. And so then we get ourselves further in strife when we then have a dirty emotion around that. Have you heard me talk about dirty emotions before? No, I'm actually just learning the emotions at the moment for being, I've, well, I've just got my head around the emotions is like the language of the body. So that, that's just an amazing thing I've learned. So no, I'll, I'd like to know more about it. I'm well, so yeah, great. So dirty emotion is just where judgment comes in. So so people will, will start a conversation with me telling me about what's going on and they'll say, they'll say like, I'm just really sad at the moment, but I, but I know I shouldn't be. And so then they'll get frustrated at being sad or someone said, I'm just, just so angry right now, but I know that's wrong um, and I'm trying really hard not to be. So they're kind of annoyed at being angry. <laughs> so so the, the emotion is the initial one, sadness and anger. The dirty emotion is I'm annoyed at being sad and I'm frustrated at being angry. So it's the second emotion. Uh, and that's when it gets really complicated because then there's emotion stacked on top of emotion and very difficult to then know what to do with either of them. But if you could just take a step back and just be angry or just be sad and just allow those emotions, as you said, the language of the body to inform and address and alert and do their role, then you actually, it's much easier to know what to do with them. So, uh, so just just in the context of the judgment-free conversation, just just be here and allow yourself to be here without any any judgment, embarrassment, disappointment, frustration about being here. And let's just review the data about here and let's just see exactly where here is. And then we'll be able to do a bit of review and just look at what's brought you here, what's what have been the things that have created here for you. And if we can see that, then we can deconstruct those and replace those. Um, so as as precise as you can, tell me what's not the way you'd like it to be right now. What, what's the pain? I don't want this, this, this saving sort of deal and worrying about that there's, there's never going to be enough of, of money, life, or like this, this whole wanting thing, mate. It's just like the wanting more out of relationships, the wanting to save the wanting to not waste, like, oh, I don't want to leave any lights on. I don't want to run the tap for too long. I don't, like, something's telling me, like, oh, it's going to run out. It's going to, like, and I know, like, my dad is is a lot like that. So when I was young, I obviously saw all of it, but I'm just trying to think of what did I tell myself when I saw that? Like, Because I saw it, and that's how I learned it, by seeing it, but I don't know what, that I say when I saw that, that's what I'm trying to work out so that I can, yeah, that's what I'd like to know if you could help me on just trying to see what I said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and you've already got such a high level of awareness about this and, you know, this is not our first conversation. So you've, you've got some frameworks and have obviously created some change in other areas of your life. So, uh, how do you think you've solved previous areas of stuckness or, you know, when you find behavior not the way you like it to be, how have you managed to change that? Because there's been lots of things you've already changed. So how, how did you do that? Well, that was a lot of just spending time with myself and like 
journaling and listening and just listening and trying to listen and sometimes it doesn't come sometimes it comes so i've worked it out like that mostly of it by just having conversations with myself but this particular one feels like that it's so well hidden and so little such a little like it's just so like the safety office is doing such a good job here that <laughs> like the because I've never thought it could be that. It's like it, I never thought it could be that because it was hidden so well, this this whole thing. So trying to listen is like I also understand the fact that maybe I'm not ready to, maybe the one or the one who, who I need to listen to is not ready to talk. But uh, okay, so all right, let's speed it up. Like, I, I wanna get it solved. I wanna get it, I wanna get the problem. And then sometimes I think, right, well, just I'll just lean into it and hang in there, like like you also mentioned, the longer you're in the unknown, the more profound the, the answer will be. So that's what I try and think to myself. But then like what you said, it also gets a bit frustrating sometimes, and then you ah, well, now I'm frustrated. Okay, well then there's not now we're not gonna talk then if I'm frustrated. And then mm. so it's yeah, like us. Yeah, mate, like I'm just a bit, I'd say confused. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, sure. So, so I'm going to slow the pace down. Okay. And that's, that's not your typical energy or your typical energy is, is a, is a fast energized, optimized kind of feel. And that served you really well, but that's not the energy that's going to be useful right in this moment. So is it okay just to dial it down and slow it down and to breathe more deeply and, slow the conversation down and just do one thing at a time would that be okay yeah that that would be the i think that's the solution that would be great cool so so back to the safety officer yeah you know that's obviously a reference to the last podcast i did around the, the part of us really so dedicated to keeping us safe uh so what what was the key learning for you out of that that's caused you to then use this language around the safety officer being part of what's holding you back well the whole thing of of when you mentioned it was actually love because uh, because of our last coaching session we, we well from the last time the coaching sessions i've had with you has been about getting the self-love sorted out and now i've got the self-love quite well quite good so then I thought, well, yeah, it is love, but that's just like when you try and get your head, like you've got to, I've got to understand it in order to be able to apply it, you know? So yep. I try and get my head around understanding is how is this love? Like I know it's love to protect me. So then why don't you just tell me so that then we can find a better way of thinking about the situation and more instead of, yeah, just want to feel, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going, we're going well. So, so a couple of key distinctions about the safety officer and readiness for change. Um, I, I say this to people all the time, your unconscious is not a prick. It's not trying to ruin your life. It's not your enemy. Even when there's resistance and it's frustrating, it looks like sabotage and it's getting in the way, it's, it's always protective and protecting, protection is love. So the part of you that's resisting is loving you the best it knows how and is desperate to do as well as possible, desperate to succeed, desperate to grow, desperate to be alive. So there's always readiness for better versions of that. I, I promise you, whenever it feels like, oh, I hear people say this all the time, maybe I'm not ready for change, maybe I don't want to change. It's like 
that's misunderstanding the point. The part of you that's holding you back would change right now if you had a genuinely better deal. Yeah, I want to, mate. You, you, you know me and my determination. You do. I'm, I'm yeah, so, so then it just, again, it's just let's slow this down. Let's stop pushing when maybe the door requires you to pull. Stop fighting and forcing and just, just be patient and present and just listen because the safety office is like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to upgrade this. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to allow you to let go of this lack mentality as soon as the very moment you, you satisfy the conditions that would make the alternate more safe. Yeah, so, that's sorry. That's it's working out what that what those conditions are, I suppose. Beautiful. So let's just generalize for a moment and say if it's protection and love, uh, what possible advantage could there be in hanging on to a lack story? It, you know, it's a it's a common human pattern. There are many people over the years I've spoken to who have a similar thing, this fear that I'm going to miss out, it's going to run out, there won't be enough. And so then you've got to protect, you've got to fight, you've got to force, you've got to defend, and there's fear. Everything's this fear of what could go wrong. And sure, things are good today, but what about tomorrow? What if tomorrow is worse? So it's just all the energy is going towards protecting and defending with this lack mentality. So you know, why in the world would our safety officer hang on to that strategy? Because he doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't, he obviously doesn't want me to, to run out because he loves me. He doesn't want me to, mm-hmm. to fail. He doesn't want me to have the fear. Mm-hmm. So he will protect me from that fear. So beautiful. It's lovely. Exactly. Does does actually not want you to run out. Doesn't want you to miss out. Doesn't want yeah. you to lose. Wants you to win. Wants you to be happy. Wants you to be loved. Yeah. Wants the best. Like just, but it's just not convinced there's a better way to meet those intentions yet. Yeah, because I haven't worked out what is a better, like I try and do some affirmations and say, you've got everything like an abundance of so much in life and, but there's something there that's still, yeah, it's so tricky. Yeah, yeah, it's it seems so tricky. It's actually really predictable. So, the language that you just used there is a is a trap in the growth process, and that is um, rushing to practice seven, which is to rewrite the story. So, it's easy to to think that's the way you solve this. You go, okay, great. So, affirmations and visualizations. Just be clear about what I want. Just be clear about how I'd like things to be. So, I'm going to read about the law of attraction. I'm going to talk to myself like there's a, as an abundance of opportunity and resources. I'm going to use those words. I'm going to feel that energy and really just override this weird thing I've got around lack. Um, and that's, that makes sense. Logically people, lots of people use that strategy. It, it just never works because it's, it's trying to solve the problem from the wrong end. So if you've got years and years and years and years of compounded evidence around this lack story, then you actually don't, override that by putting stuff on top of it 
it does have to be deconstructed completely first so that it's out of the way and then you can replace it. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing is just trying to, yeah, yeah, you're right. I haven't, that's what I need to find out is this root, which I'm trying to figure out if it comes from my dad or where this yeah. root Great. Well, lies. It, it's, it, it looks like it comes from your dad, but, but it doesn't come from your dad. It's impossible for it to come from your dad. Your dad has actually not had the power to install, install software in your heart or in your mind or in your body. Um, it looks like parents have that power to install software, um, but that's misdirection every time. And it's a profound moment when you discover that no one in the world has that power, even when it looks like they do. So, because if you just step back from your own unique experience of that and just generalize again, which is, which is useful. So go up, up the tree, up the abstraction tree and just see the whole scope uh, and get out of your so, own experience of this. Yeah, so I understand that, that it's not my dad, like definitely not my dad. It's what I told myself. But the, the whole thing is that I, it's what I saw. Like that's how I learned it was because it was from a very young age that I saw all this stuff. It's what did I say to myself when I saw it? Because I learned it through a visual sort of thing. That's how I see this problem being is like I saw my dad telling my mom that don't leave the lights on or whatever. I didn't. And then it's like, all right, that's where the problem is. What did I tell myself when I saw that? <laughs> right. You, you really yeah, so you that understand can, how this works. Yeah. Yeah, so I can deconstruct this, so I can figure out, right, that's what I said. Okay, there, that's not true. But it's just, yeah, how, how do I tap into that fine point and figure out what did I say? Sure. So, again, you you slow down, you, you breathe, you go, like, it's for someone who's so passionate and energised the the, the your greatest weakness lies in the shadow of your greatest strength. So the weakness along with that disposition is the tendency to always see what's missing, to always see what's not there, to always see how far you've still got to go, to find it difficult to celebrate and acknowledge and reward progress, just to find the things that aren't there yet. So so you're so close. Like you, you've got the, the <laughs> logic around this. You've got the intention around this. You've got other examples of this. So just take a moment just to breathe and and just go, this is this is really easy from here. Like you are so deep in this process. If you were just to stop, you've realized that you've walked a thousand kilometers and there's only two more to go. Like you're you're actually you know, you've still got to work those two kilometers, sure, absolutely, but but you're actually there already. You've arrived, you're here, you can breathe now you can slow down now okay can i can i ask you something is it is it possible that you, you could tell your sto yourself a story through visualizing something and not even saying anything as if right that's what i saw and instead of even hang on a minute yeah like let's say that's what i saw why am i even thinking about what did i tell myself because it's it's what i saw and that's enough to say that's not right is, is that does that sound no, right? not, not quite not quite so the difficulty is you're not aware of what you said but our life is shaped by agreements so it's it's just like when we go and put this back together you'll see again the mechanics of this so 
when you do visualizations, um, and I learned this from Anthony Robbins, you it's it's not you're not creating any new future in your life just by seeing a future. You, you've actually got to see it and then feel it. Like you've actually got to agree with that future. There's got to be some some connection between this picture and your physicality. So Tony Robbins says, until you feel some kinesthetic response to what you see, you haven't created any future. So like so when I'm... Yeah, so, so, so I just, sorry, I just want to say one thing before I lose it. Yeah. So when I was young and I mm. saw that, how would I have felt that that's like lack by seeing my dad tell my mom, don't leave the lights on. How, how would I feel lack from that? Like being so young, how do I even make sense of that? Because I've only really understood that now that that's like a silly thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. So so just not don't, don't worry too much about how you made sense of it yet, but just know that you did make sense of it. Just know that consciously or unconsciously, Verbally, unverbally, non-verbally, you know, physically, emotionally, that child made sense of that experience. Like, because that's all the child can do is, like, we are sense-making creatures. We go into the world. We have experiences, but those experiences are then perceived through our senses. And they get inside of us through our senses. We make sense of our world. That's that's a non-avoidable, non-negotiable part of being a human being. Yeah. Well, so, that's, yeah so it's happening without conscious awareness when you're young um, and you then create back to the visualizations and affirmations in your future you, you do new first creation work with volition with power with intention so you know so for me when i'm walking around my water tank i'll start with you know picturing the future that i desire but i don't get off that water tank until what i see has this resonance it's just like yep Mm-hmm. That that is where I'm heading. Yes, that is the desire. Because otherwise, everything you imagine is going to ch- come true. Everything you fear is going to actually manifest. Like that's. Wow. It's not like it's. This is same negatively. So some people fear the worst case scenario and they focus on it so intently, and then they agree with that future, even though they, it's not the one they want. They still have this resonance. Yes, this is actually going to happen. I had this premonition. I am going to get cancer. I know something bad's going to happen. I am going to have a car accident. I am going to lose everything. And that because they've seen it and agreed with it at such a deep level, they are creating a future. Okay. So is it possible that I have seen all of this stuff instead of, and let's say I've seen all the save the lights, whatever, save the money, save all of this. And just, only told myself well only realized that well made the agreement to say that yes that is the right way of doing things which is actually not and not not what i want but only said that when i was much older maybe once i had to start paying for my own things and paying bills and doing things like that being like oh well i better save and do this because that's what i learned and that's what i think is an agreeable thing instead of telling myself when I was very young, could it be like there was a big 10-year gap before I actually agreed with it from seeing it all the time? Or, or is that even possible to do it? Or would I have had to agree with it once I saw it? 
Oh, oh you're, you, the point is you had to make sense of it. So when you're watching your dad and you're seeing your dad turn lights off and you're watching his thing and he, pain, you know, bear in mind, he is your way into the world. So, of course, you're watching him. You're watching everything about him. You're taking your cues from him. You're learning how to talk, walk, eat, relate like you're watching. That's the child as a sponge and the adults in the child's world are playing such a massive part in helping the child grow up. So, of course, you're looking at that, but you're going, hmm, so why is my dad doing this? What does it mean? Ah. What is this? What is this action happening? Why Why is he so concerned with the lights? What is it about the lights? What is it about him? What is it about the world? What is it about power? What is it about resources? Um, yeah. So so some kids might, might have developed this thing is what I'm seeing here, because they, they might have a, a an alternate picture as well so they're you know sometimes kids kind of grow up in a village kind of experience where maybe they spend more time with their uncle or maybe they spend more time with an older brother or you know maybe dad's a bit distant and they're always with mum. so there's not just one predominant adult that they're seeing they've got a few adults to choose from and so you know they might say dad constantly turn the light switch off but then mum's always like going like what a weirdo like and she's always deliberately <laughs> turning the lights on or, yeah. or then an older sibling is constantly um careless and and just free and constantly using the resources and having fun with it and so you're seeing everyone has this different relationship with resources and so the child's kind of getting this choice who's whose response to resources makes the most sense to me and this is all happening very unconsciously because you're not having an adult conversation about it. But the child is watching and going, why? Why are they doing that? What does that mean? What am I learning about the world, about mm-hmm. things, about people? And so that's unavoidable, entirely unavoidable. Whether you understand exactly what you did or not, you, you could not have escaped. You could not have gone, oh, that's nothing. I'm not impacted. I'm not intrigued. I'm not internalizing this that no there was no awareness at that age so yeah there would have that would have never yeah and because and then make- yeah because then you think if it was if there was no sense being made of it then you know two children growing up the same thing well why did they turn out different why does one son turn the lights off at every moment and the other one doesn't care like they, they've made yeah. different sense of that same experience they've thought it meant different things so uh, it is it is useful to go back and deconstruct that and examine. Okay, when the child saw that, what did they make it mean? What what did they agree with in that narrative? And and the cool thing is, like even without listening to your own child tell you what the exact thing is, you can actually guess pretty accurately what they must have made it mean, because behaviour never lies. So I love working my way, my, my way backwards from behavior when I get stuck here going, what, I wonder what sense I made of things. So I go, right, well, if behavior flows out of beliefs, then what must I believe is true in order to keep behaving like this against all better judgment, against all rational thinking, against all alternate solutions? What must I deeply believe is true to fear that resources are going to run out, like to, to constantly not spend money or not to, or turn the lights off or worry about tomorrow. Yeah, I've got that. Like, a, that's what showed me the 
like by noticing the behavior now, but do you think it's necessary to know what behavior I was like trying to remember the behavior? Oh, no, no. The behavior now is what I mean. Yeah. 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 Adult behavior now. Okay. Observe that, which is what you're doing already. And then you go back and just go, what must you believe in order to behave like that? And, and another way of thinking about it is if you had to teach me to, to worry about turning the lights off, to constantly think I won't have money tomorrow, to fear that people won't be there tomorrow, like to, if you had to train me to respond to life exactly like you did, and you couldn't leave out any of the moving parts, you would have to, you'd have to install a belief inside me to get that result. So what belief would that be? What would work? And you can kind of, then you can kind of see how structured this is and how scientific this is. And you could go, oh, you'd have to fear, you'd have to believe that, uh, you have to believe that you're no good. We'll try that one on. I'm like, eh, no, I could believe that I'm no good and still leave the light on. That one wouldn't work. Um, okay, well then what else, what else could it be? What, what belief, what structure of a belief would be powerful enough to create a predictable response that I'm going to run out of money, going to run out of resources, there's never going to be enough, the things that I love will leave. Like, yeah, the belief of not... It's not not being good enough. It's it's a relief of not having enough. Maybe not not having inadequate amounts of electricity or. <laughs> um, it it might seem like that. I don't know if I told you the story about the girl, little girl who had a horse taken off her. Did I tell you that story? No, I haven't heard it. No. So uh, a client I was working with. Uh, got themselves pretty stuck and and in some ways a similar thing just kind of not wanting to play in the world for what could go wrong and and traced it back to being six years of, of age and a neighbor had given her a horse and you know similar to a lot of six-year-old girls the dream of having your own pony like it doesn't actually get much better than that to have this yeah. maj- majestic creature that you can call your own and you can love and they love you and the bond you know, it's it's a fairy tale come true, and so it was the best day of her life. She just she just remembers being so overwhelmed with love and excitement, and it was as though she died and gone to heaven when she got given this horse because it wasn't even something she expected. So there was no kind of real lead up to it, other than she'd always dreamed of having a horse, and here, magically, this horse had appeared. Uh, and then six weeks later, that same horse was taken back by the lady who gave it to her. And, and as you could imagine, um, her world came crashing down in a really significant way. And so we we're trying to do the same exercise that you and I are doing now. She's like, you know, so what did I make it mean? Um, and, and she thought, right, well, maybe I made it mean that people will do the wrong thing by you. Or maybe I made it mean that people will take away the things that you love uh, or maybe maybe I made it mean the world is dangerous and will will take from you the things you don't want to be taken from you 
And so I was going, well, these are all interesting, but but if you were to try them on and give them to someone else, they couldn't create the same result that you've got now. And and the interesting research around the sense making, especially in the child, is it's, it's actually always personal. So the way that she was thinking about the sense that she made was she was making sense about other people. She was making sense about the world. She was making sense about things. She was making sense about horses. But actually the deepest thing that happened in that moment is she made sense about why is this happening to me? Like, Because it's not happening to my friend who's got a horse. She didn't have her horse taken back from her. And it's not happening to my sister. She didn't have her motorbike taken off her. Why is this happening to me? And so the real sense that she made of that was, oh, my goodness, when I love something, when I love something wholeheartedly, it will be taken from me because I don't deserve to be happy. So you can see that, like the power of that, like you could could feel that, obviously. You can feel the curse that she put on herself in that moment. And that's why she was still sucked, not because of other people, not because of horses, not because of things, not because of the world. She decided there was something wrong with her. That's why that happened. So, mm-hmm. so when, when coaching people around these things, I kind of sense that they're getting closer when the sense-making starts becoming personal. You start thinking about, all right, when you were watching your dad turn light switches off, you were seeing a bunch of stuff, but you were also personalising this. So, mate, the other thing is it could also, like the light switches thing is just one of the examples, but it could be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so many. There's, I mean, there's so much of it. There's um, from light switches to, oh, don't throw the last bit of cheese away, rather eat it even though you don't want it, you know, sort of thing, There's which all boils down to basically the same kind of belief. It's just working out which time was it of whether it was light switches or cheese or whatever the case. Mm. Well, yeah, okay, that's this is this is interesting, and and again, you are so close to this, so so you just slow down and, and breathe around this. I get that you're really desperate to understand this, and I get that you're so why well, can't I just understand? And I need to understand this so I can move <laughs> on. And uh, that energy uh, it doesn't have the capacity just to turn the lights on here. Um, because in itself, it's a judgment. In itself, it's a wanting for yourself. So just, just observe. Uh, the, the point I'm making is like the sense that that child made was actually not about things. It was not about the world. Because you could imagine if, if it had been the case, like if that kid had gone, right, so the world's dangerous, uh, things are dangerous, things are scarce, Things will leave you, you know, cheese will leave you, electricity will leave you, things are scarce. Like you could still have found a way then to move into the world and find things that aren't running out or things that aren't leaving you or things that are plentiful and safe things. The, 
the reason you've got stuck here is because the deepest meaning was not about things, wasn't about cheese, wasn't about light switches, wasn't about electricity, wasn't about money. It was about why. Why do these things leave? Why are these things scarce? Why are these things hard to come by? Why must I use this cheese now? Yeah, because even I'll if never I'm full, because I'll never get it back. But why will I never get it back? Why would this cheese never come back? What's wrong here? What? Because once it's gone, then it's then it's then it's yeah. Once it's gone, then it's like then it's gone because then it's run out and it's done. But, so but it's, why you? Why is this happening for you? Because this is the interesting thing about the child is that they're not in a vacuum. Even even in a even in the family unit, they already know they're not the only family unit. They're, they're reading books, they're watching TV, they're going to school, they've got friends, and everyone else's experience is different. So already that child has seen people whose cheese doesn't run out. Already that child has seen people whose electricity doesn't run out. Yeah. Whose money doesn't run out. That child has already seen enough of this example to go, hang on a minute, there's something about us. And now if I'm one of us, there's something about me here that's the problem. Because if I was like Timmy down the road, Timmy's cheese doesn't run out. Or if I was, uh, you know, do you understand the point? Like the comparison, the kid has already got enough evidence of other stories. Yeah, I understand. Because of it, yeah, and wherever I went, like every other place I went apart from home, it was always very abundance of everything. Oh, wow. Okay, great. And so the kid has seen that and and making sense of that as well. So going, why? Why is it abundant here and not abundant there? Yes. Why is it abundant here and not abundant there? And you would have joined the dots and go, well, hang on a minute, but I'm here. That's 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 the connector. That's this. This has to be something about me. That's the common link here. That's the only sense that child could have made about why there's lack here but not there. Yeah. Why was there lack? Oh, I just. I can feel that it's there. I can like. It's, it's close. It's right there. Yeah, I mean, of of course it is, and right and it's... no one's no one's wanting to blame that little kid for the sense they made of that experience because the kid is doing the best they know how, and the kid, like you know, it may be like imagine imagine being the kid who wasn't born to that home, but imagine being the kid who was born in the home down the road. Like you didn't choose to be born into your family. You just got given that family with that with that modeling with your dad who was already so enmeshed in that belief structure and you got washed with his example as the primary one so you know it's it's you, the kid didn't do anything wrong by personalizing this it would have been very very rare for the kid not to have thought it was him oh i'd get into yeah is it because i'd get into trouble if no. So I mean, so there's a few there's a few generalizations around 
narratives, one of them is around I can't handle it. So so if I got it, I would lose it. If I got it, I wouldn't know what to do with it. If I got it, I'd waste it. If I got it, um, I'd squander it. So there's sometimes there's some stories that get told around I can't handle good things, so I'll settle for what I've got rather than what I want. So the inadequacy is strength or skill or competency. I'm not good enough for more than I've got. Um, other other versions are around deserve. I don't I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to have plenty. I don't deserve to have more than the basics. There's something bad about me, so I'm being punished. Well, so, that sounds that sounds quite quite good. The deserve thing, because yeah. I mean, if I didn't think I was good enough, then that means that I don't deserve to have that last well. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, it's like, but it's it's almost like the cheese is punishing you, and the electricity is punishing you, and they're not punishing Timmy down the road because Timmy's he's a good boy, but you're a bad boy, and you're in a bad family. There's something bad about who you are, and and so you know. So resources are just showing you who you are by by leaving you, by running away from you, by not having anything extra for you because there's something bad. You don't, you and your family, or whoever else you included in your sense making, you don't deserve. You, you know, so we're just we're talking about the imagination of a child trying to make sense of of pain because obviously it's not fun to grow up in a world where there's lack but you have to make sense of it in order to get out of bed in the morning. Because if it's just chaos and it doesn't make any sense, then you don't survive. Like we're creatures of certainty. We seek to bring order to chaos. So, so story is a way we bring order. So you get up in the morning, there's not, a, there's not a, like there's no milk in the fridge or that you're out of bread or you can't turn the light on or you don't have the shoes that you want or, you know, you got to fit in the clothes from last year that, like that's a tough experience for a kid. It's a world of chaos. And so you have to have some rationale for why you're experiencing this so that you can then experience it without chaos, so that it becomes predictable. Like I know what to expect tomorrow. I know not to hope for better shoes or more cheese or more light. I know that this is what I've got to get used to because of these reasons. So then, then you can kind of relax into your punishment or relax into your painful experience of life okay. rather than the chaos of it because it's different than you think it's going to be? I would get rewarded for, because I didn't really, I wasn't, didn't, apparently didn't eat all my food all the time. So, of course, dad didn't like to see food getting wasted. So I remember going out at times and making while dad used to offer me money if I ate all my food. So it was like a reward for not wasting for you know so why did i tell myself there was it like right if i don't waste then then i get something then i get rewarded then i'm good for it then then mm. that means i'm yeah great that that's interesting that's that's your penance this is your way out of this karmic cycle this is how to be free you got to prove that you're good not bad and you'll do that by being frugal by saving by by 
not wasting food. So this is your dad's love for you to go, there's there's a curse on our family because there's something bad about us, but the way we'll get out of this curse is to earn our way out by being more careful with what we've been given. But there's still something wrong with us because other people don't have to be this careful. Other people don't have to fight their way out of this cycle. Other people don't have to prove that they can have more than they need. They just get given more than they need. And if they don't want to eat the pizza, they just don't eat it. That's yeah. Just, yeah. But can you get the point of saying you're seeing all this and you're comparing yourself consciously or unconsciously and you're going, why me? Why us? What's wrong with us? This is about our family. There's a problem with us. And that this is your work. This is the That's freedom. It's a problem with me, though. It is a it's problem. A problem with you. Not mm. us. It's it's the problem is what I've made of of the us. Mm. Of yeah. Mm. Mm. What is it? So is it is it is it resistance or something that's holding me back from figuring it out, or is it that I'm well, okay, cool. So again, I'm trying to work it out. Again, so this is these last two kilometers or whatever metaphor I used at the start. Uh, yeah, this is sheer terror. In if you if you generalize this, of looking at, of turning all the lights on and examining what's true, the human condition is we're desperate to be good, but we're afraid that we're bad. And for fear of that badness ever being fully exposed, we'll run or we'll hide. So here you are on the precipice of actually turning all the lights on and going, I'm going to fully come out of hiding, fully examine everything I've ever felt and thought and been afraid of about myself. And from the moment I can remember, I felt there was something bad about me. The, the terror of, of looking at that is, well, what if you were right? What if you back go back and examine this and the kid got it right? There was something wrong with you. Like that's you don't recover from that. It's the end of the game. Then you'll know for sure, and everyone else will know for sure. There's no more hiding and running to be had. Yeah. That's that's what's happening here. So again, just explain that again because yeah, I just I couldn't get that in properly, if if you don't mind. Pleasure. Every human desperate to be good, to be seen as being good. Yes. To okay, know that they're that. good. But at the deepest level of their psyche are afraid that they're not good, afraid there's something bad, lacking, unworthy, undisciplined, wrong, inadequate. Is that because they're trying to be so good that there's always going to be like, like black and white, yin and yang. Well, up and down. but it starts with this badness. That's that's the problem. So they're so desperate to be good, so desperate to prove because on, at the deepest level and the earliest level, they they thought that they were bad. So that's every human being. And, and the reason that happens is because the gift of consciousness is problematic for a child. They, like, you're a conscious being as an infant, as a young two-year-old, and you're watching this strange behavior, light switch off, cheese not there, eat your food, rewarded, like there's, and you've got to work out what that shit means at two or at three or at four or at six. Like how are you supposed to understand that? 
other than to think it must be about you. Like oh. every every child is given this massive dilemma that the things that don't make sense, the things that are painful, disappointing, and every child, even the child that looked like they got the perfect life, the perfect parents, they don't get protected from not making the soccer team or getting a B on the test when they wanted an A or their brother stealing their truck from them and their mum not giving making the brother give it back or getting picked on on the school bus. Like no child escapes unscathed. But the challenge is in those moments, the, the sense-making of the child with their limited capacity is this must be happening because there's something wrong with me. And so that gets clicked like we see it and then we feel it's true and then it becomes this certainty for us. And because we think we're right, then for the rest of our lives into our adulthood, we then run or hide. We either stay in really safe patches of the world where we can't get found out doing something boring and easy or go on this heroic quest to demonstrate to the world how wonderful we are by what we can do and what we can achieve and what we can possess. But it's all back to this kid thinking there's something wrong. And most adults have never even contemplated doing what you're doing right now, which is actually going and finding out for sure. Yeah. Wow. That's that's why this is hard. Yes, it's freaking hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do because it's the hero's yeah, journey, right? The hero either dies or comes out the other side reborn. It's high the stakes. Part, the hardest part's done, mate. Like you said, it's I've already run the, the 50Ks. It's these last two Ks that... And that's exactly that, right. And this is why this is such a useful conversation. The they're probably the hardest case of the 50Ks. These are these two last Ks, but... Sure, but they're only hard because it's this irrational fear that what if the kid was right? And so the beautiful news is the kid's not right. It would be impossible for the kid to be right. The kid's never been right, not once ever, because they're a kid. Even even the rightest they've ever been is still wrong. Like kids don't have the capacity to be objective about their reality because they're kids. Yeah. Their brain hasn't formed, their emotions haven't formed, their intelligence hasn't formed, haven't seen enough, heard enough, felt enough to be able to assess things objectively. So so <laughs> even the lovely stories a kid told to make sense of their, their world were wrong, let alone the ugly stories they told. Of course, they're wrong too. So that's that's what you can rest and breathe into. Yep, you're going to keep going. Those last two kilometres, turn all the lights on, go back to that little kid watching his dad turn light switches off, reward you finishing all your food even when you're full, watching cheese apparently run away from you, whatever you whatever you saw, all those things you saw. Yeah. Sit with that boy and just go, yeah, I, I get I get that you saw this and then you saw little Timmy down the road or whoever not had this and I get that you thought this was you, but uh, it wasn't didn't have anything to do with you. And when I figure it out, I mean, yeah, I've done it before. I'll definitely know that I've figured it out. I'll definitely know that that's right. That's what I've said. So, yeah, it's... it's yeah, of course. I mean, of course you know. If, yeah, that's also... Because sometimes I don't know if I'm too in, in my own head as well sometimes with everything going on. 
because sometimes you do get a bit all confused with all this stuff. Well, that's that's exactly right. And so, and so, and kind of your your work now is to camp here and not and not run away. So, and and it's this intention to go to your own self. Look, I'm I'm here. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how, but this is the conversation to have with myself. This is there's a little child in here who got scared about the chaos of his world. Make sense of it in a way that's been detrimental. Could there, be, could there be a fear that's not like there? That's is it the fear that's too scary for me to switch the lights on to actually see the story? Well, that's what I'm saying. That, of course, because if you switch it on and have a look and see the story and you realise the story was true, then then you're like, oh, oh, boy, like, yeah, there is something wrong, something really wrong. The kid got it right. Like that is, that's the point. That's the whole point. That's why this is hard. But what I'm I'm saying is that, that even that fear in itself is irrational and... It's it's never true. So your work is just to camp here, just to slow down, to know that you're not running away. And if it takes you a day, if it takes you a week, if it takes you ten years, um, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. I'll be fine. Uh, there's no hurry. There's nothing else that has any importance. Just to go rescue that child from that sense making that's been destructive. Just to go sit with them hear how they they bring order they brought order to the chaos of that experience and then give them more choice help them see some stuff they couldn't possibly have seen when they were that young oh hmm. yeah, i'm really deep in it now that's yeah, for sure so it's a cool, it's a cool place to leave the conversation, and it's a, and it's so ironic and beautiful. It's a gift to you that this didn't get resolved in one conversation, because that's not your energy. You don't have time for things to go unresolved beyond a conversation, which is useful because it just goes, "Wow, this this requires." Well, it teaches me that you've got to have time. You can't solve. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. As well. Yeah, and we- that just. It just stops the stop. You stop scaring the little kid too. You stop putting pressure on the little kid to go, talk to me. Come on, hurry up, you little bastard! Like <laughs> <laughs> you're scaring him. Just like just sit down, just chill out, just chill out. Yeah. Let's make friends. Let him know it's safe, and yeah, yeah, it'll all be okay. Probably, I think I needed something like this as well, Jamin. To be honest, because sometimes you get a bit too confident with stuff and it's like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And then you figure it out. And sometimes it's the wrong thing. And then you go back and you've got to refigure it out. So I think this might be, I'm also getting another feeling of it, that it might be just a lesson to say that you still need to slow down. Like I know Beautiful. that it's because I'm so determined, mate. And I've got such a it's, And it's the best of you. And and this I is the beautiful it. thing. Yeah, but in the in the shadow of that, and I, I know all about this. I, I honestly, I was, very similar. I had to slow down. I was very driven, very hurried, always in a hurry. Didn't have time for these kind of waiting moments. I get it. Like I honestly, I honestly get it. Yeah, the slowing down is even harder than figuring out the story yeah. itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, then you know you're in the you're in the right space when you say things like that. Oh, 
Oh, I'm in a beautiful space now. This is this was incredible. Very well, good. Well, let's leave it right there and and now now rather than the, the big broad just sit in uncertainty, now you know exactly what kind of uncertainty you're sitting in. So it's much more likely to now you can rest in that and be clear about exactly where you're sitting, why you're sitting there and uh, it gives purpose to your waiting rather than just like, I don't know what I'm even doing, what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm going to work this out. This just feels like chaos. Well, now there's also a bit of tiny bit of pain inflicted as well, which kind of motivates me even more to, to because before this, it was just like, I oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing. It's not too, I mean, switching off lights is not even a bad thing or <laughs> yeah, sure. it's, not, it's, not a bad story. it's not too bad. Well, now it's like, I know that. Now that what we've unpacked yeah, is a bit more like, yeah, it actually is bad because it affects me in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah. it's time, time to sit and be with me. That is. All right. Let's, let's leave it there. Thank you. thank you, mate. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate your time. It's just thank you so much. I really am so grateful for it. I really uh, appreciate it. Damon. Thank you. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.